face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Ahoy hoy. And this week we're talking about the brand new episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh, Lower Decks, Lower Decks, an episode of Lower Decks, not Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Lower Decks Space Nine. Lower Decks Space Nine, I like it. Ooh, get that hashtagged. Get it out there. Yeah. Um, and that's called Here All Trust Nothing. And surprisingly, that led us not to Deep Space Nine, but to the Enterprise episode Bound, which we'll also talk about later in the episode. Yep. Yeah, because there are about like a dozen DS9 episodes we could have covered, but we've either already covered them or we've got them earmarked for another sort of run of shows. Yeah, well, we're doing the Dominion War arc and we're doing it in chronological order. So to to throw one in, because it would have been from the Dominion War, it would have just sort of ruined it a little bit. Yeah, it would have done so. I mean, if it had been the next one up, but it just wasn't. No, so we've we've gone Enterprise instead, and I think it's another one of them episodes that you know what it probably took us a while to get round to it in the normal scheme of things. So to be fair, it fits in well with this episode. It does fit in well. That's what I mean. We've got Lower Decks to thank again for uncovering these little corners of the Trek universe. You see, and this yeah, is another uh, one like the last episode of Enterprise, which I remembered really fondly, and then I rewatched it, and it's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting fact I found out about this week's episode is it was it's the eight hundred and fifty ninth episode ever of Star Trek. Okay. I just it was just one of them random things I found out today. <laughs> is it one of them though where it's debated? Because I remember like Paramount have twice claimed the thousandth episode or whatever, or the eight nine hundredth or whatever. Right. And they did it twice because I remember us trying to work it out. We were like, well, they must be including the short treks, but not the movies, or not yeah. including them. Yeah. And I, I think what they did was they announced it and were like, yeah, it's the nine hundredth or whatever, and. But that was including the short treks, so they got to do it again ten episodes later and go, yeah, it's the... You know what? (laughs) Which number episode is this one, did you say, Elliot? What was this one, Elliot? The... This was on Memory Alpha, it's the 859th. 859. Oh, this week's episode. Oh, is this the this week's lower decks? Is the eight hundred and fifty ninth? Yeah. Ah, I thought you meant Enterprise. Oh, like that sounds like no. too many. So this is our eight hundred and fifty ninth episode of Star Trek Special. Yeah. Which does make it rather. There's a lot of Star Trek still to cover, so going back and doing repeats is a bit soon yet. Yeah. I don't know. I think we might run out. We might. We we could do. Yeah, we could do. We'll we'll have another chat about it in twenty years' time. See where we're up to by then, and then we'll oh. we'll we'll have another meeting on the subject. But we should, of course announced the um the special thing which uh thanks to elliot is happening 
Oh, yes. Sort of announcement yeah, we will be doing a retread live, but not, not just live like we're doing now, because we're live now, unless you're listening on the podcast, in which case we're not live. But we will be doing a live, in-person retrek. May not be branded as retrek, but shh, it's fine. And it, it may not be in your person if you're not there. But if no. you are there, let's make this yeah. as confusing yeah, as possible. Make an effort to turn up this time and not go dying again. I'll I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> I mean, that was that was an accident. Um, so yes, <laughs> yeah, you just the, get one coma and suddenly you exactly you just get it thrown back in your face. Um, so at the upcoming Sci-Fi Weekender, which is this November. Um, we will be having a live show. I think we've got an hour to do a panel on when Trek goes wrong. So we're going to be talking about all those bad episodes that we that we always oh, say we episodes. will get to eventually. All <laughs> silly and, and, episodes. In to today's uh, episode, we decided not to do Code of Honor because we're covering that in when Trek goes vaguely racist. I mean, there's no vaguely about it, is there? Yeah, okay, when Tris goes racially insensitive to a high degree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it is one of those that I think that will probably come up when we are live. Yes. I mean, I, when, I think it gets an honourable mention, but we're not going to go into it. For a yeah, when you throw the question out to the audience, we may we get covered. It it's through. coverable, but you've got to cover it right of... Pointing yeah. out where it's bad. <laughs> and we want yeah. to have a bit of fun with it, so we'll probably stay away from the the more contentious, but that's going to be a <laughs> load of fun. Um, so if you are at the Sci-Fi Weekend, uh, come and see us live. And, yeah, we're going to talk about crazy, silly, bad, terrible, boring, all, all, all the bad episodes, but talking about them will be more fun than watching them. We'll give you that as a guarantee. <laughs> and, and I'm quite sure this is a draw for no one, but in case you are interested, if I'm there in my um, and like the 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 outfit that Cisco is wearing just now, if I'm wearing that, then I've reached my weight loss goals. By the time it comes around. If it's kind of like uh, kind of goes up like a cartoon, sort of rolling up on my stomach, you know I haven't. There we go. So yeah, that's I how may, you can I tell. I may not be dressed in a Star Trek uniform. Depends if I've lost enough weight myself, but. <laughs> So there Last you go. I, tried it on, I, could, I didn't fit. <laughs> I, I'm currently on water because I'm on a fast at the moment, so I'm committed. There That's we all go. I'm, saying. <laughs> oh, I'm not that committed. I'm on wine. <laughs> <laughs> so here all trust nothing. Then this week's episode of Lower Decks, and we knew they were promising Deep Space Nine. It was in the trailers, but they really went all out Deep Space Nine on this episode. Yeah. It wasn't just. Uh, a little reference it, or anything. It was just a little visit, was it? This is a deep. This is really a Deep Space Nine episode. Yeah, pretty with much. The lower crew leading this, it. This is one of the moments where you're just so glad you don't read anything ahead, like or I don't anyway. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea this was coming, and it was such a pleasure when it did for that reason. Yeah, so great. I, I, I made that mistake early on with all the new Trek, and I, I go out my way to avoid any reviews and of course they got three of the main crew back again so you've got kira you've got quark and i mean i i was amazed they managed to get Morn back yeah. because i know he is as difficult as avery brooks to tie down to an episode but somehow they made expensive it. per word i've heard as yeah episode. absolutely he is, he is. so yeah. that was a major the really blew the budget getting him in yeah 
but it was there. Yeah. Uh, I think we yeah. we joked about this ages ago that it wouldn't surprise me if they got the actor to sit in a sound booth and say nothing just to <laughs> yeah. record his lines. Just to do it. <laughs> you know, if they'd got a picture of him there, just just go. I, I yeah. would pay so much money for that, like, I, and I would I would bow every hat to them, and I've got a collection behind me. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, the fact like I knew they were going, I knew we were going to see Deep Space Nine as in see the station, but the fact that they got Kira and Quark and they just slipped back into the roles absolutely perfectly. Yeah, yeah it was just yeah. brilliant. It was so good the to see. The only thing I did think, and this is a very very minor quibble, it's not really a quibble, it's just something I noticed. I did think, like, um, Armin Shimon could have done with like the teeth in or something it's just his voice he, he got into a bit more as he went on but like at the beginning his voice just didn't quite sound right to me. yeah that's I think... where he'd usually have the prosthetic teeth and it forces his voice to sound different maybe i i just assumed it was because he's a little bit older than when we I last was thinking probably because he was a bit older that could be it too yeah that makes sense that i mean that makes sense for the character i i i'm, well, I'm guessing it probably is his, his voice again it just sounded less um Less analytic, like those teeth force him into this kind of lispy kind of voice. Yeah, it was clearer than it, you expect. Most, with all the, yeah, with all the Ferengi actors, it's the same. So that was the element which seemed to be missing. I, uh, but like it works, we can just say Quark, Quark got older, sounds a bit different. Yeah. That's all. yeah. And like just the deep cuts that they do, like the fact that they're going to reopen negotiations with the Karama, which. You know, we, we covered that when we covered Rules of Acquisition and they were the first contact the Alpha Quadrant had with the Dominion. And, you know, that that the whole setup of that episode was quite trying to get a lead that would lead him to the Dominion and the Karama were the, the middlemen. Yeah. So just again it just shows the attention to detail. Like they could have just said it's the so and so from the Gamma Quadrant, but they've picked a species the that species that works. <laughs> Yeah, and also it was just a lovely twist because you sort of imagine because at the end of that episode he left them good terms with them, so it was a nice little twist that they'd kind of fallen out. Yeah, and I, I don't want to jump again too much, but I did love the fact that when they uh, put in a special replicator, it was the Quark Two Thousand, which I think is a great in joke to everything around the turn of the um, millennium, mm. which is when this was going out. Everything was something or other. Two thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, did, um, they even did WrestleMania two thousand, which fair enough, but it should have been WrestleMania sixteen. So what happens when we actually get to the numbered WrestleMania that should be two thousand? It's just going to confuse people. <laughs> it's like when they did the second uh, Blues Brothers film, which oh. came out. I think it was in ninety six. But yeah. it, again, that early they were already yeah, in two thousand. Like the uh, Doctor Who TV movie, which came out in ninety six, yeah. was. Uh, set at the turn of millennium because it seemed futuristic sounding yeah but yeah with what happens when we get to the uh 100 one 1999 sequel to the blues brothers we, we just don't won't know what's going well they need to get cracking me blues brothers 3 right i'm gonna put it out there i don't mind blues brothers 2000 obviously it's not a patch on the original but yeah the, it's the plot good is, fun is the plot's a bit shit, but yeah. it's a fun film, good, good songs. The yeah, Ghost Riders in the Sky bit, I still think, is just stunning, where they have the yeah. the cattle in the... Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, when they get turned into zombies and stuff at the end, not so much. And the fact that it just finishes, it it just... What? Is that the end? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, anyway. and it's like, it makes, oh, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of things which don't make sense about it, but we'll cover that in re-Blues Brothering. Yeah, we'll do Blues We only need to do two episodes of that, so we, we <laughs> should be able to get through that. That's doable. Um, I love Shaxx's reaction to Deep Space Nine, like, tacky Cardassian fascist dinosaur. It's that but fucking it, epic. That's how it leads into doing the DS, almost yeah. the start of DS9. Yeah. And buy me some time. Okay. Fly around slowly like we admire in the pylons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do it again. Yeah. I love the... the and then they, they strike up the music swell again. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And it is a reminder that, you know, even though we think the station's lovely... Um, Bajoran's probably not that impressed. Probably is a bit of a oh. reminder of the occupation. So his reaction's totally normal. But because we <laughs> love Deep Space Nine, it's like, don't talk about our station like that, Shax. Come on. It's it's also that wonderful thing of, like, uh, it's that from inside the building they're taking the piss. So, like, it's, it's your friends oh, taking yeah. the piss, which you don't mind. And, like, when they're doing the, oh, pretend we're in awe of the pylons... That's basically what they're telling us at the beginning of the uh, show when oh, they yeah. pan around the stage. It's like, oh, we're in awe of the pines. And you do feel like that when you first watch the credits. I think it's well done, but it's like, it's a lovely piss take. Uh, I do want to say, it's great. like, I've got the animation behind me as my background. And what a lovely job they did of animating DS9. Oh, yeah, it's great. How, how they've done it, how they've drawn it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said, I think this series, especially, I don't know why, I think they might, must have messed up. Like the the Cerritos looks really sharp this series, mm, and I yeah. think that what we see paying dividends when they've shown Deep Space Nine as well. Yeah, and yeah, I love um, how excited the lower deckers are. Like it's the original Quarks. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a franchise. Yeah, <laughs> yes. well, Mariner's not impressed this shit. No, Mariner's not on DS Nine. Yeah. Also. I find that's a wonderful payoff to a very, very, very brief reference in, like, I think they, they've got one in Picard, and I think, is there a reference in one disco episode? Uh, but certainly you see a Quarks in yeah. um, the Rag City. Because yeah. we, we talked about it at the time, we said, do we think he's franchised, yeah. or has he just moved? And... Yeah, but yeah. this is confirmation well, brief reference. Yeah. Right, and great. Mariner's B plot then is she's meeting Jennifer's friends, and that's I mean that is very much a, a B plot. I'm not knocking it, but that's to give Mariner like something to do while we DS nine it up, you know. Yeah, that definitely felt like a reference to to uh, like they've even got t shirts like it. They've got Disco from Discovery. They've got yeah, yeah. Ritos. <laughs> I yeah. I think this is a slight. Um, homage mickey take to uh some of the scenes where they've got parties in on uh, discovery in someone's quarters Just oh, yeah. me that, most they? likely yeah. yeah um did you notice though when they get to ds9 the and we get the the shot of ops and everything it looked like it's now an old bit bajor crew they all have the bajoran uniforms on yeah so Maybe has Bajor finally joined the Federation and the station's back under Bajoran control now? Yeah. Well, I think once Cisco left, because funny enough, to, just today I've uh, finished watching the last episode of Deep Space Nine, so I've just covered the whole thing. And when Cisco leaves, you kind of get the feeling that, that Kira's been de facto promoted to run the yeah, station. but it could so still like, be. Well, also, you probably got a lot of... Uh, 
it maybe is just under Bajor control, the Federation aren't maybe needed anymore to govern it. Yeah, that's what I wondered. If I mean, there are Federation... Bajor's joined the Federation, but without Cisco, is that link between the Federation and Bajor? I think he maintained Bajor allowing the Federation presence. Yeah, he did to a large extent. You see, I, I don't feel, though, that... Well, I mean, obviously, if Bajor told them to leave, they would leave, but I don't think the Federation would want to leave still such a kind of uh, no, strategic no. place to get into the wormhole and everything like that i don't i just imagine that she's probably taken over and there are stuff the officers about just no, like there was because there was the, the, the orion kind of collaboration between bajor and the federation there's no reason why you can't have a bajor and no absolutely like i just thought it was noticeable that there was a lot of bajor in uniform i mean there were there were always a few in ds9 but uh, and I mean, then, I like the take which they did in What You Live Behind, the um, documentary, or What We Left Behind. Mm. And they were doing that kind of like breaking down what a reboot of DS9 would be. Oh, yeah, and that's they correct. had um, Kira as the uh, as the Kai. Yeah. And it was a Bajoran uh, place of worship because it was like they were all um, looking forward to the, prof- the yeah. uh, Cisco's return one day. And um, the... Kira and Shaxx, like, I feel like this is a bit of a dig at Deep Space Nine. Again, an affectionate oh. one, but it's yeah. always like, oh, everybody Kira meets seems to be like, well, we served together in the Resistance and we did this yeah. and we did that. And so it's no surprise that Kira and Shaxx know each other, but they do have a bit of fun with the, well, I saved your life in so-and-so and, well, you did this... And they're still doing it throughout the whole episode. It's yeah, brilliant. they're just yeah, they're constantly to, arguing about won, it. Who, who was who won? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then we meet the other Orion guy, and this is what led us to Enterprise: is that we get it, he's giving it this whole, yeah, I'm a pirate, and how many ships have you stole, and what's the best thing you've stolen, and all of this business. I mean, I, I loved it still, but. Sorry, Lodex, you've done this to us one too many times. I knew straight from the get-go he was going to turn out not to be a yeah. pirate, but I think we're meant to probably guess it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't affect it, but yeah. And then Jennifer's friends... It makes friend, uncomfortable, doesn't it? It does, yeah, because we still not got the full backstory to Tendi. We know that her no. parents were in the Orion Syndicate, but... It's but been implied. And it's been implied that she was or is very, very important in Orion Circles. So I'm sure we'll we'll pick up the thread again. It, that seems to be what they're doing, like with the stuff with Rutherford last week, that they're they're just tugging on these threads just a little bit every so often to remind yeah, you they- that it's there. Like this really reminds you it's there. Like I love the I love Tandy in this episode. Oh, she was great, yeah. I think Tandy almost steals the show mm. away from it being a DS9 episode. How she goes in this episode. I mean, yeah, I, I and I still I, I'm I'm just shipping uh, her and Rutherford so hard. I want them to get it on. I'm sorry, I just want it to happen now. I think they're Only just, so many series. They're just friends, um, maybe. Come on, come on. Come on, that would come on. Rutherford's great, don't worry. He's like, I want to dangle my legs off the promenade. <laughs> that, that's great. I mean, he is so infectious with that kind of uh, spirit. And, uh, of course, like, they don't even have... This is how good it is. They don't even have to say Nog or Jake. But yeah. the second he says that, 
that's exactly you know what, what it is. is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Like he says in the hollow videos, so you imagine that at some point. Probably Quark has monetized his hollow videos. Like, oh, do you want to see what? There's no probably about it. Yeah, do you want to see what was happening on the ground level at the wall? Right, here we go. (laughs) And um, Jennifer's friends are into Boimler, so Boimler's hot apparently, and he's quite popular with the ladies. That's true, actually. Yeah. They're, they're really building up his legend this series. Yeah, it's only Mariner and Tendi who appear to be immune to his charms. Everyone else thinks that Boimler's um, the um, bee's knees. There was an early episode where it looked like Tandy and Boimler could have been get, about to get it on. Yeah, true. You uh, mentioned that I, at the time. I, I was going to say it's like, oh, maybe it's once you get to know him <sighs> or you find out what a nerd he is, but it's like, on the vineyard, they seem to know him very well and, yep, still yeah. up for it. Yeah. Maybe Bull Boimler will, you know, start putting himself forth. Who knows? By the end of the season, mm-hmm. sounds like he's got no shortage of offers. Anyway, well, this is the thing. I love this idea that he uh, is getting these offers left, right, and centre. But I bet if you asked him, he'd go, "Oh no, 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 girls fancy me," because he just seems yeah. blind to it. And I've got, I've had friends who are like that, and it's just, yeah, it's very well observed. I think. Uh, I love the when they start telling the ghost stories, and they say. It was a dark and stormy 73912, or they use a star date instead of it was a very dark and stormy night. It's, um. (laughs) Yep. Remember, I had a mate at, uh, like, middle school who, um, for everything, he'd been told by an English teacher once that it was a dark and stormy night was a good way to start a story, so he started every story he wrote (laughs) with It was a dark and stormy night. That's a very uh, school school thing to do, though, isn't it? When you it is, yeah. Talk something like that. Um, Have you guys seen the film uh, Throw Mama from the Train? Oh, years ago, film, years ago, yeah. In the beginning of the, that film, Billy Crystal is trying to write something, but he's also teaching an English class to, or, you know, a creative writing class to make ends meet. And he's, like, trying to type on this whole time, right? And he's like, uh, the night was humid. The night was... Um, the night was this, then the other, and then he tries to, and he, he can't even get the first line out, mm. and the, all he's got is like, right, the night was humid, that's it, that's all, and then he goes into his class, he goes, right, um, uh, Michelle, whoever, like, yeah, you're about to read your story next, uh, it's like, uh, the night was humans, humid, right, class over, I'm getting a <laughs> headache in my eye. <laughs> I remember that scene now, yeah, you, you've like, yeah. sparked a memory there. Um, yeah. the- and it's got Janeway in it. Is it? Uh, yeah, Kate Mulgrew paints his ex-wife. Oh, there we go uh, then. There we go. And it, that woman off the Goonies as well, isn't she the mama that they want to throw from the train? She is. And uh, Danny DeVito, just to complete the cast list. Yep, I remember Danny DeVito. Yeah, I'm remembering bits of that film now. Anyway, right, I need to... We need, we need to stay on Star Trek, not the throw mama from the train cast. Yeah. Um, the Orion guy then won't leave them alone and he's got a sea shanty, which I quite enjoyed. That's nice. And it's all about, like, killing people and robbing people and everything. And again, I might just be seeing things where they're not, but it's like that felt like a, uh, a not to lockdown when sea shanties came back in fashion. Yeah, see, that, <laughs> no, to be fair, that guy on TikTok, that were brilliant. He did well with that. That was great. And yeah, that, yeah, I'm just... I'm, <clears> yeah. Weirdly, it was it. 
it was a really kind of touching sort of community effort that I don't know what they call it, but where you add your video to someone else's video. I know there's a special word for it, but I'm just not down with the kids enough to know what it is. But where <laughs> one person did it, and then someone else did it, and then someone else had come on playing a violin, and someone else had come on. I just thought that was lovely. At a time when we had no social interaction, that this community sprang up and did it. And the guy got a number one hit out of it, so well done. Yeah. Well done. There is a Star Trek version of that as well, that song, which I used as the intro to a few episodes um, that we did for the Star Trek Wars podcast. Um, so if you want to, just a little plug for another Star Trek podcast there, if you want to check them out, the Roundtable episodes that I chaired, we, we have the Star Trek version of the Sea Shanty on there. Um, Quark then, big row with the caramel over the Quark 2000. <laughs> Well, we see this thing, don't we, when the Karama are boarding mm. the in the first place. So we see that he's got something strapped to his chest and you think, at first you think, oh, what are they going to do here? Is it a bomb or what? Mm. And they're planning to hijack and it turns out actually their motives are right what they're doing. <laughs> it's, it's just pretty nice, the fact that you've got, um, like, they're, they're starting to flounder because they've just been sent on this peace mission and they're just everything's going wrong it's like ah oh, quark you'll save us ah oh, those bastards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's weird because for a minute i almost bought what quark's saying like no it's because they didn't help us in the war and the you're like oh that's weird quark's yeah like developed a lot here and he's actually we're seeing that he's got a bit of leftover not necessarily PTSD, but, you know, war wounds, psychological war wounds, and no, he's not. He's just trying to stop him rumbling him for stealing the technology. Actually, it's the uh, Thomas Riker manoeuvre, because when he first comes on Deep Space Nine and sees O'Brien, he picks a fight with him, so yes. he can't get questioned or anything yeah. or remember something. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. It's maybe pick that up from old Tom Riker. What happened to Tom Riker? I feel like Lower Decks could give us that answer finally. Yeah, I'd like to think that Kira kept a promise and went and rescued him. Yeah, that'd be nice. But then we also found out that all the Maquis got killed when the Dominion sided with the Cardassians, so... Maybe they kept him as a military asset, you know, they didn't want to kill well, him. Well, it was a prisoner of war and they had made promises that he wouldn't be executed. Yeah, and the Cardassians so... are, very, are very funny about the law that they do keep them. Yeah, so... You don't, break, you don't break a sentence. Maybe when they liberated Cardassia, they might have got him back at yeah. that point. Who knows? Yeah. Um, they should just have like a scene of him it just randomly cuts to him at some point it's like the guy in the taxi at the end of airplane who's just like well I'll give him another five minutes and then if he's not back <laughs> um, yeah so Mariner then turns out Jennifer wants her to be a bit bossy with her friends so she phases them all <laughs> just brilliant it's just yeah, the, the, you can just see her seething at this kind of sea of uh, very soft Moorish ga- yeah. girls. It's just, it's yeah, she's not into it at all, is she? No. And then it's like, well, it'll look suspicious, so they have this sort of romantic thing where they, they stun themselves. And 
I'm like, you're probably still going to get in trouble for this, Mariner, because you didn't really need to stun them all. Like, yes, they were getting a bit hysterical, but... No, well, no, she didn't did actually need to stun Oh, it was for the air. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because at this point, we've got the uh, camera have set off the device that's killed all power and because the Cerritos is stopped, it's affected that as well. Yeah. So no life support and then panicking, they're going through oxygen quick. So it's, yeah, she did him a favour. Yeah. I also like when they do, when the ship does stop and kind of reverses away from the wormhole, mm. uh, they use the term, oh, you were nearly gammoned. <laughs> yes. Well, like before that, we've got like the best, one of the best scenes where Tandy goes full pirate yeah. mode. Yeah. Uh, like, like, we've had this guy and bragging at what a pirate he is and they get locked in. So you have, obviously, Rutherford's there. Well, you can pirate us out of here. And he has to fess up that, no, actually, I was adopted, which is very much what happened to War. Mm, very true, yeah. <laughs> and in a way, he's learnt what he's learned from books and all that and hollow images of what the Ryans are like, but he's not done it. And you have Worf, who's massively honourable compared to most Klingons. Yeah. Because he learned Klingon culture from books and hollows. And, yeah, that's a good point. And I wonder if it, there's a, a bit of a thing there that, oh, as often like in Worf's case it was brilliant but this guy's just a, actually a, a wuss yeah if you don't have like first hand access to a culture you're effectively modelling yourself on like an archetypal like, view of it that probably doesn't yeah. exist yeah because yeah, Worf took on the very serious side of the kind of clean yeah. aspect yeah, it was very honourable and... on it all the time going it's like I know Klingons who will do a belly laugh which would make you kind of you know, cry yeah. or whatever she says and yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's what DS9 did really well as well was like point out where, like I think DS, uh, TNG treated him as if he was a Klingon. It's like because it felt like they didn't know better of Klingons, whereas Jatsy has worked with them, so she could call him on how he is actually. Did yeah, it. she's like, no, Klingons are fun, Worf. That's the that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jesus, it was so noticeable. I know it's slightly off topic, but uh, when I was watching. Um, uh, what we leave, what we left behind, or what we leave behind, what we leave behind. Um, when they go through the montage of like everyone's memories, when Wolf looks back wistfully, and there isn't one clip of Jetsia in it, it's like that's just me. Look, I get that you wrote her out, and like that's questionable and so on, but to not even including her. She was married to him, and he's going yeah. like, "What?" Well, it I was mean, because they, well. they didn't want to pay her, did they? They would, would, they, have to pay they, would they would have had to pay her to use her in the clips, which is why... Probably a minimal amount. Well, I don't know. I think she... It, I think it was a bit of six it. and two threes, but they didn't really want to pay it, and I don't think, because of the circumstances of the departure, she offered them a particularly good deal on it, so the sides were not able to come to an agreement, I think was the official... Yeah. Wow, just when you say it, it's just so jarring, it's like, yeah, no oh, it's one weird. Yeah, bad. it's like, really? Um, anyway, so the. But, like, we've gone off because, like, here you get Tandy and she grabs that tool. Yeah. And it's straight through the door, she knows what to do. 
she fights them all. There's the guy with the gold, gold tooth, and she doesn't just fight him. She knows the gold tooth and has to nick it, and it's like, shut up, I'm pirating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the moment, you just think she's being a sadist, but uh, she does use it at least later. Yeah, she does go full <laughs> on. Shut up, I'm pirating. <laughs> yeah, she goes full I, on there, Ryan. It's, it's always so uh, satisfying when it's like the meat character who then goes nuts. Yeah, definitely. And the upshot of it all is Captain Freeman ends up negotiating this deal which does quark out of 76% of his profits. <laughs> yeah, jeez, that was, that was mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's was like that's than, than the brain really 76% of that. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll it'll, it'll take what, it out of the. Once included all his overheads and his uh, tax, extra taxes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that'll be that'll come out of the net profit, won't it? And he'll be able to show oh, that yeah. none of them actually make any profit whatsoever. So exactly. I'm sure if he tried to hide his profits offshore, then uh, the government would intercede and stop that happening, and not just let big business uh, like the Ferengi get away with it. And I'm not. Anyone who thinks this is parallel to anything else, obviously not. Nope. Just no. pure coincidence. So uh, Coincidence to what? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either. So, um, Freeman mentions that Mariner and Quark are catching up and she says, oh, exchange, or is it Kira who says, exchanging war stories. So yeah. that puts Mariner on DS9 at the time that w we saw DS9, mm, which is been... a really cool idea. Which we're going to have to look for a young ensign now. Yeah, aren't we? young ensign. Who and, could be. and sort of go, could that be her? Yeah, we can headcanon yeah. who she is in the episodes. Haven't they referenced it before she was on there? She, didn't she mention They referenced her? it, but I don't they think they specified that. the time scale. And the yeah, fact that she was in DS9 when we were watching DS9 makes it even yeah, more cool. cool to me. Yeah. I always assumed that was the case only because this is set so recently after when DS9 would have finished, mm. I, you know, for it to be yeah. anywhere in the past was either during that or before, which it pretty much sure just... It wouldn't have been Deep Space Nine when, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, before that. It was like, um, Cardassia had just left when we entered Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was still in rubble. Yeah, I assumed there was a space between when DS9 finished and when we pick up in Lower Decks that it could have yeah, slotted I, in, I, but... I, I thought there'd been a bit of a time, not a big time jump, but a little, a bit it's of a It's a few time years, jump. isn't it? But, but we now know that that is when Mariner was there. So, yeah, you've just finished your rewatch. That's a shame. You could have been on the lookout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Did, no. But sorry. No, no. I want to go into uh, that, what we leave behind. Let's move on. Kira says, were you exchanging war stories? Means that it's got to be somebody, we've got to look for a young ensign that quark mingles with in some yeah. way. Yep. So oh, it's getting more and more difficult, but next time anybody's doing yeah, a DS9 rewatch. We're getting more and more clues, so that's what... <laughs> well, you've just got to imagine, just after a, a scene with quark, when we go over to what Worf's up to, then uh, Mariner that's just... That's Mariner's in it, yeah. It's like Vera and Cheers, you know, <clears> we never quite see her. Yeah. Yeah, I like that episode we've been watching Cheers recently where they're having a food fight or something and she comes in just covered in the food and that's why you can't see her in that episode. It was so good at that. Yeah. 
I'm sure I've said this before, but I would love someone to do a TV show where it's just all the unseen characters hanging out together. So you get like Mrs. Columbo and you get, I was going to say Diane from Twin Peaks, but we did see Diane in the revival and that was contentious. Yes, from uh, Frasier, which yep. is also um, today to be coming to uh, Paramount Plus. They've just greenlit a teen episode thing. Yeah, not to disparage. Home Improvement. Yeah. Yep. We always just see them talking over the fence, but you ne- I don't think we ever saw him. Yeah, yeah that's Nathan uh... you, No, you never saw him, but they just, you saw bits of his face at any given time. We always heard him giving advice to people, but you never actually saw him. Yeah, <laughs> all these characters, I want to see him hanging out somewhere. Um, no, this is one you can't have either, because she was played by Kate Mulgrew, generally, yeah. in yes, a There you go. You can't have a... Uh, but that was decanonized as Columbo canon. So anyway, we won't go into Why that was again. It not canonized. It was done by Columbo's studio. Yeah, and but they, cha- they, they changed the mind because it didn't do very well. So they, rec- <laughs> they yeah, they retconned it and said no, she was married to a detective called Columbo, but not that one. And then <laughs> af- after a few episodes, she got divorced and um, wasn't Mrs. Columbo anymore. Did they do a few episodes? I thought they, they just did, did a They did like one season and it got cancelled halfway through. And they... I've only seen one episode. No, no. Yeah, I don't know whether they've released the rest of the season, but yeah, that that's actually what happened. It's worth having a... Oh. If you've got a few minutes, it's worth reading the Wikipedia just for the I, tumultuous I history that. of Mrs. Columbo. Yeah. Um, anyway, quite... On, uh, one of the series of Columbo in the DVDs, if anyone's looking for it. Yeah. Uh, Quack gets the last laugh. So there we go. That's I like the fact that he, I'll take that. And it finishes on a laugh from Quark. So, yeah, I... And came you chasing him. Yes. <laughs> At this stage... He swallow, tries to swallow it. <laughs> I also uh, want to give a shout-out to the... Uh, sorry, just the dumb uh, Ferengi who was like, going, he's like, ah, if you exchange this money for Quark bucks, like, we'll double the amount or whatever... Uh, and then um, Boiler gets just overjoyed, going like, "Hey, we don't use money anyway." Like, yeah, only Ferengi who yeah. doesn't know that. And I, at the minute, I am tempted to say this is my favourite episode of Lower Decks ever. Just, but I know that's partially because of how much I love DS Nine, and it's probably a bit of recency bias. But I'm, that's yeah, where I mean, I'm putting it right now. This is the one I enjoyed the most on the first I'm watch really, of it. I, I. I could go with that. I'm not sure if I could... My favourite, because I've not thought of which is my favourite. No, neither have I, really. Because we're getting them new all the time, and, I, and I'll probably go, tomorrow, this is my favourite. Yeah. And last week, I'll have gone, this is my favourite. Because I am absolutely loving Lower Decks. I don't yeah. think to put a foot wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, but... I I would say I want to sit down the the makers of the new Quantum Leap. I don't know if you guys have seen any of it. Not yet. I've not heard great things. It's almost like they go out of their way not to uh, have stuff like in the original series, like the handset, which goes, that's gone, like they've got this little triangular one. Anything is different from the original. I don't want to sit them down in front of this episode of Lower Decks and go, this is how you do fans. This is how you get the fans to enjoy what you've made now. Yeah. Yeah, I hate stuff that takes an established thing and it's almost like they're embarrassed by it. It's like, well, don't do it if you're embarrassed by the yeah. thing. Just 
Yeah, because it's a continuation. Like, if they're going to do it the way they've done it, they may as well have done it as a reboot and yeah. just ignore the original series. But at the same time, they try and... Oh, anyway, like, that's another story. Yeah. But it's just... This is a much better way of referencing something from the past. It's just so... Yeah, loved it. Loved it, yeah, loved it, loved it. This is how to do a homage to, to, some, to a series that we all loved. What I did not love, however, was the Enterprise episode Bound, which we're now know. going to move on to. Um, yeah, so... It... Yeah, I didn't have any strong memories of this one, and I think I know why now, re-watching it. I think I remember this better than it was. I think I did. That's why I had. I remember a lot I of people... I think I remembered this as being the pirate episode, and we got some culture on the Orions that we hadn't had previously. And... That's the thing, like, people talk about this episode like... It was incredibly progressive in some way because it showed that the women were not the slaves, the men were the slaves, and it reframes your understanding of the Orion women. And it's like, yeah, okay, technically it does that, but it does it in such a perfunctory way that we don't we don't explore the ramifications of that or the meaning no. of that or do anything with it. So is there any point make- to it? They also don't make any sense of that to the way we saw them in the original series, where they were out and out shown as being slaves, as being sold as property, as not doing anything like they're doing in this episode. So mm. it doesn't really make sense of that. But I did like the idea. I and like the I, idea. I, I, the things I, remembered. I remember the captain being this really good character actor, and I remember seeing that guy in loads of other things, and I still enjoyed him. Uh, I mean, the, act, the acting was fine in this, but mm. it's like amongst the kind of um, slave girls. But it was... Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with the... It seemed progressive at the time, but maybe it was progressive for the time and doesn't really hold water now. I'm not even sure it was. It's great with some agency. Well, you gave them some agency, but then it, you undercut that by having tripping the one who saves the day. Yeah. As opposed to the, the all the women on the ship who you've already established aren't affected by it. But no, yeah. the one guy who's not affected by it, he's the one who saves the day. Yeah, true. Yeah, it should have been like that animated episode, the the oh, Laura Lysing. I was just about to say that it should have been sort of horseshoe t- takes command. And, yeah. Uh, get me. I need a security detail, all female. And yeah, that's what it should have been. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, we'll we'll run through the the salient okay. points. What the what there are of them. There's a nice joke right at the start, which has nothing to do with the main plot, but where they're going, oh, well, this planet's got lizards that fly, so you're like, yay, dragon planet. We should have done that. That would have been... Yeah. Yep. And there's rumours to breathe fire. Yeah. That would have been much more interesting. Let's go to dragon world. Yeah. And Archer wants to make friends with the Orions because they're after him, and let's not forget that during the run of Star Trek Enterprise, Archer gets arrested and held captive by just about every single race in the entire galaxy. Like, it got really silly at one point. Yeah. Now, one of the things that bugs me about Enterprise mm-hmm. when, I, when I watch it back, like, we know it's Starfleet first getting out there, so it's the earliest... So they've not got the great technology. They've got not got shields. The transporters are dodgy. Mm-hmm. They don't get phase cannons straight away, and the like the lowest generation of them. The torpedoes don't work properly when they first get them. 
But every other race that they bump into at this time is at the same technological level. That's a fair point, yeah. Yeah. They should be getting absolutely twatted by the Klingons, do you, Ryan? So being out there in a bootstrapped right. into fight and all that, they've got a, pit, a piss poor ship compared to everyone else, or they should have. Yeah, I never considered it that way. It's just bugs me. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with you. And it's not, it's not like it's the genius of the crew that makes up for the shortcomings because the the crew generally, I, I do feel like at this stage they've made that many trek shows in such quick succession that they were basically just ticking off boxes like we need an engineer. All right, uh, trip fine. Do you want to give him any personality? A little bit, but don't go mad. Uh, we need a helmsman. Right, that can be Merriweather. Do you want to give him any personality? Not at all. Carry on. And less personality. Um, we, will, we will take Trip and minus some personality for yeah. Merriweather. And then Reed, yeah. what's, what's he? He's English. Anything else? Do you want to give me any more notes? Nope, that's it. He's English. That'll do. I'm English. I'm, I'm, I'm right, no personality. Very stereotypical English here. Stereotypical English with no personality. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't feel that the crew makes up for the technological shortcomings. Anyway, Archer and Reed, though, get a lap dance, or pretty much a lap dance, which is very nice for them. And, yeah. you know... Because this is obviously showing the progressiveness of the women that they're giving them a lap dance. Yeah, well, you know, it does flip it. <laughs> the feminine was against the men. It's like meant to. I, I didn't mind that as showing men to be fools for women. Like, you know, that's a, a fine way of showing it and showing the women are using their sexuality against the men. But I thought that was okay. It's like you talk about how it's undercut because once the women are there and they're wandering around the ship and everything, and Archer starts getting reports like everyone's being distracted, and he says, right, well, we'll, we'll order them to wear clothes. No, you will talk to your male crew members and tell them to sort themselves out. Yeah. Yep. That's so like, true. That's yeah. just... It, 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 again, it's almost like it was good for the time, maybe? Like maybe. Maybe, maybe that's why, why so many of us remember it fondly as being progressive, because next to some other shows at the time, mind you, we had both. It's actually very thing. much... This could have been a, an episode of TOS very easy. Yeah, with the entire thing, how it's the sex, the sexism, the, and everything. I, it, it's very much what TOS would do for this sort of episode. But even then, like yeah. you had Kirk lecturing Charlie X on not being lecturous, yeah. you know. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I I just also find the one thing you can also <laughs> say about TOS versus uh, Enterprise is. They are so bad in the show at playing um, like evil. So like it always comes off so pantoish every mm. time they're possessed by something. And make, like, and I'm sorry, Scott back here. I love you to pieces. You're a wonderful actor. You don't play evil well, or certainly not here. It's so kind no. of like, oh, well, I shall destroy them all then if you'll be my yeah. It's It kind of goes into that territory. I mean, the only one who does a half-decent job of it is the guest star who's the other the engineer. The other engineer, yeah. Like, he's very well. Any of the main cast, though. Yeah, like there's this. this awful scene with Reed and Mayweather in the gym, and... I don't know whether it were meant to be funny or 
whatever it is. But basically, it's just all a big masturbation metaphor like oh you know we need to hit the gym oh you want to put the harder weights on there blah 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 so I just well, go home and have a well, wank lads sort of like, uh, like it goes with we once picked up some deltons which is mentioning motion pictures yeah there you go deltons are like but they take vows oh Sorry, one very minor thing I wanted to throw in just while I remember as well. When the Orion captain's on board giving the the women to Archer, uh, he mentions, he goes, like, there's some wine or liquor or whatever it is, like some booze which he's pouring from them, and goes, uh, oh, yes, it's by the, and it's from the, um, the Gorn. And mm. so, yeah. yes, because when they finished uh, marauding a planet and killing all the life forms, they like to make some nice wine. <laughs> I like that, though. I like that, you know, you get a gone like tasting wine, like, you know, giving it all that and. Gone sommelier. Yeah, and oh, it's very long, it's got a very long taste. Like, is that the. Or the. This one's the. Or the. As it was in the. In the original series, but especially the way they developed it masterfully in Strange New World, the gone. You can't pitch them stopping and going, oh, fermentation's off on this one, fuck. Yeah, let's go stamp the grapes. Um, <laughs> who knows? I mean, again, maybe we need a, a gone yeah, cooking a show. Advanced race, so why shouldn't they be able to make wine? Yeah, I just because they're uh, feral as children, it doesn't mean they can't grow up to appreciate wine. Yeah. Also, James, you raise a good point. I'm talking about representation. Do we have a Gorn here representing? No, we don't. And I'm just talking about them like they've got no voice of their own. Absolutely. The Gorn should be made to put clothes on so that people can control themselves when they look at the Gorn. Oh, it's all lizardy. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sure they'd like the green of the Orion women. Well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> um, so, again... <laughs> I, I do feel like I'm coming down a bit too hard on this episode, and maybe part of it, like you say, Doctor Squeeze, you know, we're we're judging it from what we would expect from a show now if it's going to deal with these issues, and it doesn't mean that it was right back then, but you've kind of got to give it a bit of leeway for not doing it as well. But stuff like this is bad. So, and, and you guys have, have kind of won me over to your way of thinking because you've like just so like Eddie was pointing out they did it better in the original series they, they were more progressive in so more ways you get the the woman goes to Archer's quarters and she's like oh I'm your slave I'll do anything blah 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 and he's like I don't want a slave but then he's just about to shag her anyway so it's like okay Archer technically you've said she's not your slave and she said she's choosing to do this but there is still a question of consent there because even though you've said I'm not treating you as a slave, she has still been ordered, as far as you know at the time, to be your slave. So I I would expect that you would, rather than just going, oh, okay, you're no longer a slave, that means I can do it. Like, you need to give her a bit of space, Archer, to explore but this she's, notion. She's been affected here by Philippines. He is. Yeah, and they even put in a line just as a sort of excuse. It's like, um, but what if I said I wanted to do this? Well, that would be okay. Let's get it on. But yeah, as, as Elliot says, though, he's under the influence at the time. So maybe... Oh, I know, but it's... And by the way, we, we have mentioned this, uh, the woman who's playing the uh, lead slave girl who's with uh, Archer, 
played Ziel for a couple of episodes uh, in Deep Space Nine, uh, Ducat's daughter, and she was in last week's episode. We watched a Voyager, um, the the woman on the race. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so a frequent Trek guest star. The Ziel casting thing, and we will get to it as we move through the Dominion War, but that was good fun, and I think it was um, Iris Stephen Bear who at one point said. Yeah, once we realised we'd recast her the third time, I just wanted to do it every single time she appeared, but, you know, <laughs> we had to keep some consistency. But that would have been funny if it had been a different person every yeah. single time. Um, then, yeah, the men are all sweaty, and this is what you were talking about with Archer wanting to shoot the aliens. Is I'm going to kill them all, and don't you dare override my order. Ticked a pole to the bridge. Oh, and 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 another thing. When you mentioned to pole, there's a bit where they've got um, uh, he the, when the uh, the slave guards are in the um holding cell, mm. and Archer's hands moving towards the unlock button slowly, and Tapol's just watching it, wink, wink, wink. It's only when he gets over the buttons, like. Captain, it's like there was no reason she would wait that long apart from dramatic tension of the episode. It doesn't make any fucking sense to, no, to reality. True. As soon as you like, saw his man moving over, you go, Captain, I, I think you've been affected again. Like we are, it's often put out that Star Trek suffered from franchise exhaustion. Yeah. But the big problem they had was they're stuck with the same producers. Yeah, that, that was it. The same writers. Yeah. Like the new Trek. Fair enough, we've got Alex Kurtzman as the executive producer, he's overseeing it all. But we have different producers and writers on every show. There's yeah. a different team making them all. So we're getting lots of different things coming out. Well, they very sensibly copied the Marvel model. So they've got the Kevin Feige, which is Kurtzman, yeah. and then different people in each film. Yeah. Great. They're in different series. And that's it. I mean, some of these writers on Enterprise had done 14 years of straight Star Trek at this point, and yeah. you and do run you out think, of ideas, and it's notable. When you think uh, TNG, DS9, and Voyager all ran for mm. 170, give or take a, a few. Yeah. Which is a lot of to cope with brand new ideas constantly. That's I mean, why you need different people. Yeah, and you can see with, I mean, this episode aside, there are a couple of clunkers in season four, but generally season four, I think is generally agreed as the best of Enterprise. Yeah. And it was because they brought Manny Koto on as, a, as the showrunner, and he came in with fresh ideas and wanted to do all this stuff, and... Brian Fuller came on, I think, mid-season three as well. and yeah. So you have these yeah. fresh, hungry new writers with great ideas, and sadly, yeah, I, I that's when it, it got canned. I mean, it, it actually made me very sad to see Manny Koto's name on this episode, because he's a great writer, and this this is below his, his usual standard. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, uh, but it's like, I do wonder, actually, I want to I look into this now. I wonder how many of the episodes where you've got like, like the Enterprise episode where uh, Archer's, you know, fascinated with his chair being uncomfortable, and everyone's fascinated about something, and that mirrors an episode of Deep Space Nine. I mm. wonder if a lot of them were written by the same people. Well, a lot of the that, writers, as you say, went through it all. Probably, well, like you can't, 
like in, in Enterprise, you start seeing because it's the fourth show, look, show in a row, and it's the time when you did literally half a year of programming mm. for it. And you start seeing in Enterprise stories that have been done in TNG, DS9, and Voyager already. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw that quite often. Yeah, you really did. Yeah. And, you know, even really good writers like Brannon Braga's a good example. Te- generally tends to do a bit with time travel and a bit with surreal stuff and his best episodes are outstanding but it did get to a point where you were like yeah this is your typical Brandon Braga episode and it yeah I'm not knocking him I couldn't write an, an episode of TV but it was clearly fatigue you know it's he's just you've got six days to write a script well, okay the, the Essentially, you've got to write a story every two weeks for the show. Yeah, so these are my ideas that I like using. So you're writing a a story every week. Exactly, so I don't blame him for reusing some of his ideas and remixing them a bit, but but that's why, as we've said... To be fair, when you're writing at that... Because that's got to be an intense pace you're writing Mm. at. You probably forget that you've already done it. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. You, you probably sat there at your writing desk and you think, oh, what about... This is a great idea, and you write it down, and the script's there. And it's I, I wonder if it's and the fans start watching it and they go, we've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's a bit of the opposite, though, sometimes. It's like, okay, I'm out of ideas. Oh, there was this one I wrote for Deep Space Nine. I can reuse that plot. It'll be fine. It's, no probably, it's probably six and one after the yeah. other. Yeah, true. I mean, there are, you know, even, you know, the greatest writers, like, uh, I'm reading a lot of Stephen King books at the minute, but, you know, you read a few of them, and it's okay, here's my main character, he's a recovering alcoholic writer who lives in Maine. Oh, you don't say, you know. He was abused as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, it happens. Anyway, um... The twist then, which is what we get, where the guy says, no, we're, we're the slaves and they're the masters. But then we do nothing with it whatsoever. Yeah. It's just made as a statement. That's it. And then to make it even worse, Archer's like, right, we've sent the women back to him. So you, this guy's told you that he's a slave and you've sent his slave masters back over to him. Could you not have maybe offered him asylum or something to help him? No, no, no. We just send his abusers back. That's fine. Well, again, I feel like we might have not have been as nuanced back then. And uh, like, yeah, but it's the man who's the slave this time. So, ah, uh? <laughs> as opposed to freeing everyone or yeah. having a, a good end. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's an in, it would have been an interesting idea, but there needed to be more payoff to it. But it's just dropped there. And... Oh, okay. I mean, functionally, within the story, whether the women are orchestrating it or they've been ordered to do it, what they do in this story doesn't change. So, ultimately... What I'm seeing seeing here is you're saying that, that you think they should bring down their slave empire, which brings a lot of money to the economy of their world. Uh, I think they're being uh, anti-growth and anti-economy. You're right, I probably am. I probably am, yeah. 
yeah, if, if you're against uh, the Orion slave girls or sla- men becoming slave to the girls, mm-hmm. uh, you're anti-business, clearly. I think what they probably should do is give a tax cut to the women because they are the slave owners. And, and it'll, trickle down, it'll trickle down to the slaves. So, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I just need to look at it from a different angle. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad I could be the voice of reason. As long as they don't do a U-turn on it or anything like that, we'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> uh, and then... It's all right. We'll be a U-turn on the U-turn. We'll still yeah. get the tax cut for the Orion slave girls. Yes. <laughs> so it almost, almost, I say, because there is a scene after it. But for a minute, it feels like we're going to do a proper TOS jokey freeze frame ending like we get to Paul. Is that a joke to Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is the other thing. Watching Backtrack, you knows how many times they use the -the over-the-top laugh for a joke that isn't that funny. Oh, yeah. They they used it in the last episode of DS9. They use it in in Enterprise. Like, they still use it today. It is so cheesy. It It really is. I love in the first Austin Powers film where it it parodies it, man. They have the evil laugh, but then the camera stays on them and it's got them sort of coming down from the laugh. Like, whoo, whoo, <laughs> oh. Or like in the um, Simpsons episode where they've got the B, B sharps, it's like, wow, the name of our band should be something which sounds hilarious to begin with, becomes progressively less funny every time you hear it. How about the B sharps? <laughs> <sighs> Yep, that'll do fine. Yeah. Yep. But then we get... and yeah, Okay, I am being finicky now because I'm on this rant about how it undercuts the message it's trying to make. But the final scene with um, T'Pol and Trip. then, he has already made the decision to come back to Enterprise, but he lets her seductively kiss him before he tells her. There might be an and issue. Ask of, him to come back. Yeah, and ask him. There might be an issue of informed consent. There is all I'm saying, Trip, and um, that's not. Again, you probably well, wouldn't do a scene like, like that today. Does this fall into the realms of space magic, though? I that think it does. Where we've uh, to pal, he's immune to the Iranian slave. I think it does. Yeah, I mean, it's specifically Vulcan space magic, but. I mean, that's the only reason why I can see to put in the thing of him being immune is because you're forwarding the plot with him and T'Pol. But Jesus Christ, I mean, it's 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 so... Again, it just undermines the whole episode to have a man not affected who then saves the day. Just yeah, it does. Every, like, even worse than they've already done in this episode. Well, that's it. The, 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 the whole thing with this should have been the women crew members have to take control yeah. To take back control of the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah been perfect. It would be and then you perfect. finish with Archer saying something like, well, maybe women being in charge isn't such a bad thing. <laughs> or something I would like actually that. love that, but how bad it would be. It's doing us well in this country. And well, come on, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not against women being in charge. Just pick the right woman, that's all we're asking. And um, because of the changes to our... Um, to our country and everything. If you want to support Retrek as a podcast, don't give us anything. Can you please give money to things like the Joe Rogan show that's got millions of subscribers and gets paid and everything? If you financially support them, it will come down to us. So don't don't support little podcasts like us or anything like that. 
Joe Rogan, uh, who's the other big one, um, all these actors that have got Kevin podcasts, Smith. Kevin Smith, they're the ones that you need to throw the money at. So please support yeah. them, don't support us. Anyway, so yeah, that's bound from Enterprise then. So next week we've got the next episode of Lower Decks, which we don't know what it is and we don't know where it'll take us, but we're absolutely looking forward to it. And in the meantime, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at RetrekPod. RetrekPod at gmail.com is the email. Search for us on Facebook. Search for us on YouTube. We're, we're all over it everywhere. Dr. Squee, you've got plenty going on with the Dr. Squee show at the minute. I do. So I was just, I, I've realised we never use the banners anymore. So like there, there's the Twitter one anyway. We need to update these a bit. We do. Yes, uh, for uh, this week's, um, so I just had Nicola Bryant was the uh, episode which I showed, I'm um, just about to, so for Squeak Fest, obviously we did all the uh, interviews back to back, and I'm releasing them every week as I release them on the Dr. Squeeze show, so I'll release uh, Nicola Bryant this weekend. <laughs> Sounds like I'm holding a captive like a slave girl, mm-hmm. but that's another story. Uh, and next week, I haven't actually thought about it. Uh, I, I might do Sam Stone, I don't know. Sam Stone, let's just say we're doing that one, because I'm trying to mix them up so we don't, because I interviewed a couple of Doctor guests in a row, so I'm trying to mix that up. I will tell David that you're going to do Sam Stone next week. <laughs> yeah, this is sound worse by the minute. But the one thing I don't want to do is launch, release all the ones near the end of Squeefest last, because that's when I'm the most tired. <laughs> yeah, you need to mix it up. Uh, uh, but yeah. All, so we'll have a delirious Squee episode next week. <laughs> all of those are on YouTube as well. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrek.